0: this woman to watch movies and do you take this man to talk about them i now pronounce you
1: a podcast okay well let's get started okay
2: welcome back everyone Aww. another episode of wife watches i'm your host jason i'm here right now joined with me by my two co-hosts courtney uh, and i'm ryan well how's everyone how's everyone doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're good we're doing well
2: what movie are we watching tonight?
1: You say the first word. I'll say the second word. Ryan say the third. It's a gimmick. Okay. The Twin Two
2: Shit. Towers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I used to do this when I was little too. Do you
2: remember there was like a
1: was like twelve? I guess.
2: I remember. You know. You know how you just like when you're a kid in like the nineties. There's no internet to fact check things. Yeah. So people are just like, it's "Did this. you hear this?" And you're like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah. I remember kids being like, I heard they might change the title of it. That's so
1: funny because I remember being like, is it about that? Like, does that have to do with it?
2: And you actually technically got it wrong. I was, you did the subtitle first and I was doing the Lord of the Rings. Oh, Oh, okay. Do you want to try it again? Yeah. The Lord of the Rings. The Two
1: Towers. There we go.
3: Both my words were the. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lucky.
2: How familiar are you, either of you, with this story?
1: I remember trees. That's about it.
2: Do you know? Do you remember anything else from it?
1: Spiders, spiders, trees, and spiders. Or is that the third one? I don't know. Or is that Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with trees and s- spiders. Yeah.
2: Okay, but you don't remember like plot elements?
1: No, I know. I know they're all separated.
2: Okay,
3: um, I'm pretty familiar. I I've have seen it, you know, and most recently seen it this this past summer. So oh yeah, yeah, this is pretty. Um, all it's very it's fresh pretty with you. fresh. There are certain things I'm like, uh, is that in the next one? I, that I, maybe I, I'm i confusing, but for the most part, I remember.
2: Ryan, obviously, you've seen them plenty of times. Yeah. Did you see this one, Corey? Yeah,
1: I did. You've I've seen th- all of them.
2: Theaters? Yeah. What was your familiarity going into the movie? Like, did you know anything about it? Well, I guess you thought it was a biopic. <laughs> about-
1: <laughs> 9-11. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did you know anything about it, Ryan?
3: Yeah. Like I said, I'd read the books, so I, I kind of... Oh,
2: you mean...
1: <laughs> oh, this book,
3: we got the paperback in action. Got uh, the paperback I can't wait
1: action. to smell that. Give it a sniff. Waft all it right. It smells oh. like when you would get a book from your teacher and you would all be reading it in class. Did you oh, ever do that? Yep. Like in seventh those grade, old libraries
2: yeah. at your yeah. elementary school.
1: Well, but you would all have the same book and you would yeah. read it in class.
3: I think heading into it, I I don't know if I remembered that much of the story from reading it the
2: book before, mm. but I was stoked. Because of how good the first one is. 2002 was just like Lord of the Rings mania for me. Consumed everything Lord of the Rings that year. A lot of it was like... Same with Harry Potter, though. Like, it was like one of the first things that was... I developed that interest apart from my siblings or parents. Like, that was like something I discovered, quote unquote. This Mm -hmm. 50-year-old story. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I'm the one who's into this. I had to introduce my brothers to it. You gotta watch these movies. And they're like... (laughs) You gotta watch them. You gotta watch them. They're like, that sounds really dumb. You Like...
1: Do they still uh, feel like that?
2: No. Once they watched the movies, I, the hard sell was actually Harry Potter. Okay. I remember my sister and I continually being like to all my brothers, like, you've got to read Harry Potter. And like, now that I think about it, if you're like 10 year old siblings, were like, you got to read this like fantasy series for kids. But no. <laughs> no, thank you. It was tough. It was tough. Try- I was tough out there trying to you like just share my <laughs> interests. Spread
3: the word of Lord of the Rings. and People weren't listening.
2: Spread the word of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I remember spending hours downloading the trailer because it took hours. Oh yeah. Hours. Oh yeah, you like started it, you started the quick time downloading. <laughs> oh. And you'd come back in like 3 hours. Sure. It was commitment.
1: Wow, weird to live in Can you imagine doing that now? You'd be like, what the hell's wrong with this thing?" <laughs>
2: oh, it takes more than 5 seconds. You're like, "The internet's slow." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so obviously this is based on the book right there, The Two Towers. It was released in 1954. Like I explained last week, there's technically 6 books, right? The Two Towers contains book three and four. Tolkien was originally going to name each of the six books, but then I think probably just for simplicity's sake, they decided not to. But book three was going to be called The Treason of Isengard, because that story is all about that big grouping of the fellowship, and it introduces Rohan, and Saruman is the central antagonist of that story. Okay. And he's in Isengard.
1: Like, I don't know yeah, that. you know.
2: I know. <laughs> it's for it's for like the I'd casual s- I listeners. Know. yeah Book four completely follows Frodo and Sam on their journey. Okay. And that one was called The Journey of the Ring Bearers. Those names make a lot of sense. It does. Very on point for what the actions that are happening.
1: They really give you, yeah, they really give you an idea of what the books are about. Aside, yeah. uh, you know, from what it said, actually is called.
2: Yeah, the two towers, I'm actually, there's even some people argue about what exactly are what, two, what the two towers are. I think in the book, it's referring to different towers. In the film, it definitely says it's Orthanc and Isengard, which is Sauron and Sauron. Yeah. The union of the two towers. Got it. But I think in the book, it's actually different. They are technically cut out because they structured these differently. A big chunk of the second book is in the third movie because they decided to adapt them chronologically. So it cross cuts now between the different, right. different storylines from this point going forward after we're all scattered about.
1: Yeah, I remember that too.
2: Oh, I was gonna show you a map. Visual coming.
1: Can everyone see my screen? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, can Can everyone hear me?
1: Hey, hey, Jared, you're. We can't hear you. You're muted.
3: Oh, I don't know if you know, but you're still sharing your screen.
2: <laughs> hey, can everyone mute their mics if you're not talking? <laughs> hey, sorry, let me interrupt you. I got another meeting. i got to jump onto another call. Um,
1: hey, hey guys, I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop off.
2: <laughs> okay. Thank you. Have Have a Have a good day.
1: What's that? <laughs> I just uh, have a good day. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.
2: All right. You're wrapping up the meeting. Okay. Then that's an awkward like find the exit. <laughs> and like while you're kind of like trying not just look at right each other. <laughs> We're looking at a map right now. I realized the map I showed you was technically incorrect last week. And I apologize. <clears throat> I stopped here. And actually they ended up here at the Falls of Rauros. Okay. The fellowship is broken. Yes. Boromir is passed on. Did yep. you notice that Aragorn, like, took his gauntlets? No. Oh, he has, like, these gauntlets that he wears, and Aragorn is, like, seen, like, strapping them on. Oh, okay. Oh. So, like, kind of a grave robber sort of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I think more of, like...
1: I carry Boromir with me. Yes,
2: and yeah. I've, like, accepted I'm, like, my role as, like, I'm proud of my race, or at least going to, like, lead my race. I'm not ashamed of the world of men. In the green here I have, this is, like, the route of Frodo and Sam, because they'll try to get into Mordor. Oh, man, That's, like, the so Black Gate. I know, it's actually, do you notice like how far they actually get in the first one? Yeah. Um, but the tricky thing is like getting in, trying to figure out how do we get into Mordor without being seen? And then this, the other group will be our three heroes, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli saying, you know, we're not going to abandon Merry and Pippin to torment and death. So they're chasing the uruk along this route because the Urukai are trying to take them to Isengard, back to Sour And I think something that's key that they'll sort of talk about in this movie is, Saruman is like one of the halflings has something that is very valuable bring them to me alive and unspoiled there's a conversation that will happen in this movie where it's they're talking about how the enemy doesn't know what we're doing they know we have the ring they probably suspect we're going to use it but they don't understand that our plan is to destroy it okay and I think that plays into like kind of a a pretty classic fantasy idea where the villain's hubris is his downfall because it would never occur to that villain to not use the ring of power And like the idea that like where we know we can't wield it, no one should, we're going to destroy it. That hasn't even occurred to them. They're going to go and we're going to spend a lot of time in Rohan. While we've been following the Fellowship and their adventures, Rohan has been dealing with Isengard. And Isengard's like destroying all of Rohan.
1: Okay, got it.
2: Or just messing stuff up. Yeah. Saruman's been attacking Rohan. And Mordor, with Sauron, has been attacking Gondor, which is where Boromir is from. So there's like these two fronts of the war, if you will. Now we will explode and get a bit grander in scope. And I kind of wonder what your mileage is a bit with it, because there's more war in it. It becomes less of like a typical fantasy story of like the hero on a journey, and now becomes like tactical war. Got it. Especially the two towers, I feel like has a great isolationism theme, where it's like Do you go help people even if it doesn't affect you? Or do you like, that's not my problem. I'm not a part of the conflict. Are you going to let differences divide you when at most important you need to like unite? Shall we? Yeah. Let us begin.
1: Oh, do you have like the years? 2000. Mm
2: -hmm. I legitimately forgot to do that.
1: Weird. We should probably get started on the movie anyway.
2: Yeah. I'm very, I'm, I'm very embarrassed. (laughs) I was like, "Oh, I don't have anything to talk about." <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready?
1: Ready? Ready?
2: Oh, okay. Welcome back. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're in a little bit of a good mood. Uh, Bernie memes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what did we just watch? <laughs> what did we just watch? <laughs> The Lord of The Rings. The two Towers. Wow,
1: I had twin and two again. That was a close call. (laughs) Yeah, you really did.
2: Um all right, what did uh what did we think?
1: Wow, it was heavy.
2: I'm always curious how much you um remember like you're just a stupid
1: girl. We well, haven't seen
2: him in a long time. I don't think you've seen this one in probably a while, right? Yeah. When was the last time you watched this I one? I can't
1: remember. I, I might have only seen this one once. I don't remember hardly anything that happens except Gandalf coming with...
3: With the high pony Rohan people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah the, the high
2: pony police. <laughs> was it a case where you're watching it and then you remember it as it comes up? Or were you really like, I have no idea where any of this is going I
1: could went. not remember what happens to Aragorn. Like, oh. could not remember. I knew I knew he didn't die. Okay but mostly because of the rule where if you don't s- die, if you don't see them die they're not dead
2: i've Talked at length about a pet peeve I have. They, they try fake to, they you out. fake out. And
1: then they bring them. Yeah.
2: They really lean into it as if they want the audience to really think that character might be gone. Yeah. It, felt, it feels like a manufactured tension. It's already long. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You're like, I don't really want to waste time with something like this. Yeah. I don't mean to kick this off with just like a <laughs> criticism. It's just, I it is a criticism I have of this movie. Okay. Yeah. Is that one specifically. They included that warg attack. Just, that's not in the books or anything. That was just to like have something happened to like kind of break up the Is that a what little those bit? animals oh. are called? Yeah, those are the wolves that they're riding or wargs. So that whole sequence, that so whole were those, action. So were those
1: orcs on top of them? Yes. Okay. They were
2: like riding with them. Did you think it was like a centaur situation where they're like attached?
1: <laughs> no, I just was like, maybe they're not orcs. Maybe they're like a different race.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, they're orcs.
1: Are orcs a race?
2: Yeah, they kind of, in the first one, Saruman sort of talks about how they were elves that were taken and like tortured and like Twisted into like a different oh. race. So they started off as elves a long time ago. There's <laughs> definitely a evolution sp- a spectrum. Like... You, can, you can tell different kind of orcs. I guess if you watch enough. Yes. Like for instance, the Moria orcs are like built different. Their eyes are bigger because they've been in. They're like in a cave. They also they're called goblins more in the Hobbit than orcs. Yeah, and then they're more. Is there orcs.
3: even orcs in the Hobbit? I think
2: that they're they're I think it's interchangeable. There's... I think it's like basically the same thing. Okay. But they are called goblins for sure in the Hobbit. Yeah. Do you yeah. like how they kind of like meet like the guy and the, there's like a, a rivalry within the t- the two of them where the Uruks are like we're better than you. Like yes. when they meet up and they're basically fall to infighting. It's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> okay, so we but we liked it though. You loved it. I'm curious how much confused you. Oh, That's you know pretty, what?
1: That, like, I would I would say actually I would like to understand the mythology of the ants.
2: Uh, what do you want to know? I mean,
1: <laughs> sounds like you got a wealth of knowledge. So let me in.
2: It's more like exhaustion
3: because they're woken up trees. They're also like what does the, woken up mean? They're like the herder, the shepherd of the trees.
2: Yeah, and like, yeah, and elves put spells on the trees to like wake them up and teach them to speak. The Ents are like. They're not quite trees, but they're definitely tree-like.
1: When they, when they rode south, right, to Isengard, and all of a sudden Treebeard is, like, mad, and he talks to the trees, are those woken up trees only? Those or? are the Ents. The well, wo- I, I know they're the Ents, but does he also wake up like the other trees? He, like,
2: shakes them in, and then they go off to Helm's Deep to, like, take care of all the oh. other uruk running away. Okay. I was just thinking, watching this, I understand it's an extended edition and like you have all these extra things to like throw in, but I would have left some of that ent material maybe out still. It does get long. It, honestly, I was thinking about this, Ryan. It's like it it's the equivalent of reading the book when you hit a passage where it's just describing the mountains or yes. a poem that's like. You kind of remember we were talking about like you skip forward a few pages. And you're like, oh, this know. is a, this is a four page poem. Let me level up. Yeah, and like sometimes I used, I remember I think I tried reading really just reading it. I'm like, I'm going to read all the poems. Like I'm going to read this straight through, and it really is just like like when they're walking and he's like, well, how come there aren't more ants? Where are the ant wives? Oh, the ant wives. It really is like that where it's like kudos to like Tolkien for truly building out. Treating this like an actual mythology where he knows where things came from. Okay. And like, it's a little like fact mixed with legend, but he has these like things to talk about and like, yeah, well, this is what happened. And he he has all these answers to like build the world around it. Yeah, and I mean, they kind of hang a lampshade on it a little bit. Even the hobbits are falling asleep or just being <laughs> like, holy shit, hurry up. <laughs> but it, it still doesn't like it. It didn't actually bother me as much this time when it was intercutting between Helm's Deep and the Ent Moot. It's like a, a breather for a minute. Uh-huh. And because I think if you just had Helm's Deep straight through. The
1: Helm's Deep is the, is the breather. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and then I'm on the edge of my seat for the Ent Moot. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I think if you just had the battle all the way through, it would get monotonous. Yeah. But I remember watching it being like, that was the part where I'd be like, skip this, get back to the fight. I don't care about this. And this is kind of like the risk you take when you basically splinter the story into three uh, narratives. Mm-hmm. You just have a favorite. And right. when it cuts away from that, you kind of just want to get back to like totally. your favorite narrative. Yeah. I would say if I had to rank the narratives, it'd be like Marion Pippin in the Ents, number three, uh, Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, two. Mm-hmm. And then like number one is obviously like... The main thrust of the the narrative. Yeah. Or like the main focus, I guess, they at least give to it, which is like Aragorn and company.
3: When you have a story this big, you have to do that. Like you don't want to
2: spend an hour
3: with Pippin and Mary in the ends and then an hour like I agree. Un- uninterrupted.
1: Like well, one full movie of Pippin right. and Mary.
2: That's the benefit of how we're watching this, which is split up because I didn't realize until this rewatch that, like, part one is all table setting and, like, reorienting the characters on the board from the end of the first movie. And mm-hmm. then part two is basically all the payoff. Yeah. So that, like, first chunk we watched on Tuesday was just, like... there's like, a
3: lot of information. Yeah.
2: It was Yeah. It was, like, re... Because what you've done is now you've expanded the board, so you have so many other characters, and you're really seeing the scope of, like, the war. Yeah. And so you're really, like, introducing yourself to, like, basically... There's I don't think there's any more character introductions. We have we've seen all of the characters now till the end. We've met everybody. Well
1: except the spider.
2: Oh well, but she's like wink wink. Talked about. But I'm sure, saying like, sure okay. This one had the task of The first half had the task of being like, now we got to introduce you to a ton of other important characters. Build out the rest of the world that's happening around the story of the ring bearers. This movie was apparently the most difficult to make for that reason, because there was no really definitive beginning or end. It was always like a challenge of, when exactly would we start the second movie and end it in the narrative? And so they definitely decided to have the climax of the film be Helm's Deep. Everything about Shelob is in the Two Towers book. Oh. In the book, Faramir... Is pretty much immediately like, I have no interest in the ring and I'm going to help you on your way. And when they realized they moved Shelob's stuff to movie three, they were like, well, now Frodo and Sam don't have a conflict for the last third of the movie. So we're going to make, we're going to extend the conflict with Faramir. Yeah. So there is some actual conflict and there's like an actual storyline for them. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. And like, I didn't know that watching it for the first time, but I wonder if people, huge fans of the books, were just like, what the hell are they doing? Frodo and Sam don't get taken to Osgiliath at all. I like that they did that with Faramir, even though it's a bit of a red herring. But I like it because I think it neatly contrasts Boromir's story in the first one. He had the same temptation, but overcame it. And that scene, the flashback with Boromir in Gondor, that Mm -hmm. wasn't an additional scene. And I think that is like... A key scene. Oh, that
1: is an additional. Story. Yeah, that wasn't in the theatrical cut. Yeah. It's one of my
2: favorite additions in the special. In how the extended did, they, how did
1: they explain that? Before they just didn't. Well, it they wasn't just didn't part of the story. Yeah,
2: you meet Denethor, his father, in the third one. Denethor and Faramir are like prominently in the third one. If there's need to go to Rivendell. Send me in his stead. You? <laughs> oh, I see.
0: A chance for Faramir, captain of Gondor, to show his quality.
2: I think not. I trust this mission only to your brother. It just kind of makes Boromir a full person. And it adds like more tragic element to Fellowship. You're like, he didn't even really want to go. What if Faramir had gone in his place? It might have all turned out very different. It's very, very sad to think about that moment Mm -hmm. where he's like,
0: Remember today, little brother?
2: Today...
3: Well, because he was, like, he was the good guy. He was the cool guy. He wasn't the villain.
2: No. Which is what we're led to believe. He's even, like, very protective of Faramir. Yeah. Where, like, the dad shows up and he's like... What? He's here.
0: Dad man.
2: Oh one moment of peace can he not give us that? He. They'll explore that more Faramir and Denethor's relationship in the third one. That's what I mean where, like, the extended scenes just really, like enrich the character dynamics and relationships in that way. So Gandalf falls, comes back Mm -hmm. later, but like then Boromir dies. You would have kind of thought like maybe the members of the fellowship kind of keep getting picked off one by one, but really like no, there are no real deaths I was just wondering if either of you kind of wish that there were to add more of like dramatic stakes. No, does there, that bother any no, of you? No, there
1: were for me. Well, Ryan can speak for himself, but um, for me, there was enough at stake. I, I didn't need a death really to do that because it's you're like already so invested.
3: Yeah, there's enough tension without death. The, the you can even see already the ring is sort of destroying Frodo, mm-hmm. even though we sort of won Helm's Deep. Are we going to make it like we still have Mordor to deal with? So I know it feels heavy enough without people dying.
1: I would even say, what are they called? The people of Rohan? So many of them died. That's like they're already a character in and of themselves. Okay, yeah. You know, there that... were
2: still the casualties are. Yeah, felt.
1: yeah, definitely, and especially with like all of the the young children who are like fighting and.
2: Actually, now that you're saying that, like, I actually think I agree with you. you. Guys have won me over a bit. Not that I really was <laughs> like, we need more death, because I I also think sometimes. Death to establish stakes can feel kind of hollow, and you don't need a character to die just to, like, feel the weight of something.
3: Right. Which, look at Game of Thrones. People were dying every other season. Mm-hmm. You were constantly losing people. Um, but then we look at, like, Avengers or the superhero movies. Rarely do main characters
2: die, but we still have a great time and the stakes still feel high. Yeah, you're still emotionally connected to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Did you remember that Gandalf wasn't dead? Yeah. So when we watched the first one, I couldn't remember if you knew that. I didn't know if it was a Rachel Dawes situation. (laughs) So I didn't want to like steal that (laughs) from you and like remind you, but I was going to tell you that they spoiled that right away. It was all over the trailers and the marketing that Gandalf Oh my gosh.
1: We're lost.
0: I don't think Gandalf meant for us to come this way. He didn't mean for a lot of things to happen, Sam.
2: I come back to you now at the turn of the tide. And I wonder if it's because they had a year between releases. The books have been around for 50 years at that point. Maybe it's like, people oh, are going to know. cat's out of the bag. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> it gets revealed pretty early. Sure,
1: yeah, that actually makes sense. But,
2: you know, I actually, I remember, because um, my sister read all the books before we saw The Two Towers, and I remember her like, and I had already read Two Towers and she came in and was like, Gandalf's alive again. And like, was really like, genuinely shocked by it. Because I had some other questions too, like, if, the fake out worked because I I do like when he shows up they kind of like blend uh, Christopher Lee's and Ian McKellen's voice together yeah we are tracking the footsteps of two young hobbits
0: where are they they passed this way the day before yesterday they met someone they did not expect
2: I thought it was effective as, like, a 13-year-old, but I wonder if you're older and just more aware of, like, tropes. If you're like, well, clearly that's Gandalf, or they wouldn't be, like, teasing you along with this.
1: Well, yeah, and I knew that he was coming back. But can you imagine how scary that would be? You just think it's Saruman? Well, and
2: he's like, they're like, we have to, like, kill him fast, or else he'll spell on us. It's a wizard. <laughs> like, you're like, this guy, like, we can't, we're no match for is this that guy. It's
1: kind of scary.
2: Um, I actually, re- I didn't realize this too when I was reading about this. The union between he and Sauron is more of, like, a factor of the movie. In the books, they're sort of more rivals. Like, they're, he's definitely helping out Sauron, but he's, a more like an opportunist I kind of maybe think of it more like the relationship between Hitler and Stalin we're helping each other out but like the first chance I get I'm taking you out too um. like I think it was more like this uneasy alliance between the two whereas in the movie it's he's just the puppet yeah I, I got chills even watching it but I still remember when Tongue is talking to him and he's like we would need an army of thousands tens of thousands
0: but my lord there is no such force
1: i just have a question did he not know what was going on like in isengard do you know what i mean like he's like well that's not possible like we can't have an army like that it's like, did you not see them create? Like, did he not?
2: There's not a lot of windows in that place. <laughs> not a lot of windows. Uh, He's busy, just like the acoustics smoking. are weird.
1: I mean, like, how could you miss it? Well, I, didn't I don't want to know, take though, that away from because, you. Because,
2: well, I still like. I like the idea that maybe they were all underground, maybe getting born. <laughs> and then like assembled to go out. Because when he sees him, he just.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Do they, do we think that's a sad cry or like a an evil happy cry?
2: No, it's not evil. I kind of think it's, I think because he's interesting. I think in that moment, he probably has really conflicted feelings of like, what did I do? And yeah. I think it's like a shock of like, can't believe what he's seeing. And like, I agree. Yeah, he's the
3: worst. But in that moment, it's almost like he's like, what have I done?
2: And just Saruman saying like, there will be no dawn. So Brad Dourif, who plays Grima Wormtongue, he can cry on command. So that wasn't the script. They, like, just thought of that. He also, to, like, be creepier, he put, like, flakes in his hair and also shaved off his eyebrows. Could you tell? Uh Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Which kind of backfired because they would have to come back for reshoots, you know, over the course of these years. So I think he had to shave over three years, had to shave his eyebrows five times.
1: Oh my gosh! Eyebrows <laughs> take so long to grow back.
2: I know. Why? Well, I mean, I don't know, but like, I would imagine, you know, they're like rough, but yeah. like, so he's sure just like to gamble every time, like, will they come back? He's like, why did I? Oh my gosh! I, why, yeah. Why did I choose to do that the first time? Because I don't have to do it every time to match it. Like stupid, stupid, stupid. But you kind of don't notice it. But he he does seem off putting. He's mm-hmm. also very pale and like
1: that's. Easily like cover upable with makeup.
2: You you'd think so, right? The
1: people are just like, no, nah, let's we'll let him. Nah, he, <laughs> and he doesn't know. Do
2: you know he's also the voice of Chucky, the Chucky doll?
1: That's disgusting. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could see it though. I once heard. Oh my gosh, Chucky brings back some weird memories. I once
2: heard Blank, the Blank Check podcast talk about how that's like one of the best gigs you can ever have because you are probably super rich off that <laughs> off playing that voice for like eight movies. Yeah, But no one knows who you are, so you're super wealthy but have complete anonymity oh, as a celebrity. Yeah. Unless people know like that Brad Dourif. That's know? interesting. I was yeah. like that's like that he's like that's like the dream. That's like the dream role to have. Well, then just Your so meal dirty. ticket that you're like you do you re- record some voiceovers yeah, and then you're just set up. I also while we're being critical, Courtney. <laughs> there's there's one thing where I'm like I kind of wish, after they snapped Theoden out of his, like, trance, Wormtongue should have just, like, gotten out of there. Because it's ridiculous that Theoden's going to kill him, and Aragorn's like, don't. Enough blood has been s- spilled in his account. Yeah. It's like, kill him. <laughs> you have no problem, like, killing people. Also, because of that, he got away, told Saruman about the weakness in the wall at Helm's Deep. was responsible for a ton of deaths. Yeah. So Aragorn's moment of restraint like, caused so many deaths. They should have kept him or killed him.
1: I was also thinking about... Or just had
2: him, like, sneak out. Like, there's yeah. other ways of him getting out right. where they're like, ah, oh, I got away." Instead wait. of this big deal. Yeah. Instead of sparing him and, like...
1: But that adds to, to Aragorn's character.
2: I like the dynamic of Aragorn and Thaden a lot. Mm-hmm. I also think Thaden's a very interesting character. He is. Did you know that's Bernard Hill? Do you know who else oh, that is?
1: Captain of the Titanic? I was wondering if
2: you were gonna recognize him. Of
1: course I'm gonna recognize <laughs> I don't know. him. It's, he, a, it's old EJ. Do you
2: always think about that CGI shot of like sweeping <laughs> over the Titanic and he's clearly CGI just like the most stiff walking?
1: Mission Impossible? No. That's like the song that's playing during that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know that maybe like the back yeah. of the hand. <laughs> I know, I'm an idiot.
2: Do you know, he, he would have filmed that like... A year or two after that,
1: yeah, that's that's weird. Right after he went down with his ship.
2: God bless him. He (laughs) underwent nine hours to like go do those prosthetics to put like the old man makeup.
1: Oh, yeah, because I didn't recognize him as an old man.
2: And like some of this is tied to more of uh, more of his story in the next movie as well. But he's interesting because he's like sort of broken and he has such self doubt. I really do think of, like, Rohan and Gondor as, like, east side, west side. <laughs> I think Rohan has a chip on its shoulder of being, like, we're, like, the horse people, the peasants. We're not as good as Gondor. Gondor yes. Gondor is better. Yeah. Because even, like, they're just sloppy. I know they've been, like, being, like, taken apart. But even, like, the contrast of their army versus the elves and how slick the elves are. Yeah. I just... Oh, and man, I, that part was so cool. <laughs> you can just tell that he has, like, this self... Because he's also trying to reaffirm, like, he's almost... He's overdoing it where he's, like
0: no army has ever breached the deeping wall or set foot inside the Hornburg they will break upon this fortress like water on rock Saruman's hordes will pillage and burn we've seen it before within these walls we will outlast them yeah I really
2: like the confrontation he has with Aragorn where Aragorn's like
0: they do not come to destroy Rohan's crops or villages they come to destroy his people down to the last child what would you have me do? Look at my men. The courage hangs by a thread. If this
2: is to be our end, then I would
0: have them make such an end as to be worthy of remembrance.
2: He's like, look at everyone. Like, we have no morale. What am I supposed to do if we're gonna die here? Then we're gonna gonna Which die is with fair. like pride. They have interesting contrast. Like Aragorn, like gets his hands dirty. He's like in the middle of it while Theoden is sort of like up in his like watchtower a little mm-hmm. bit. He's like yeah. up with the twins and, and like halfway <laughs> <laughs> halfway through the battle, They're he's just like shouting. <laughs> he's like, "Let's draw swords now." It's like, been, it's, like it, you know what I mean. It's just it's, it's been two hours. <laughs> But, like, more of his story is to come that I think, like, fills this out nicely of, like, his self-doubt. And his despair, too, at the end when he's just, like... So much death.
0: What can men do against such reckless hate?
1: Which I feel like it was so humanizing. He's, Mm -hmm. like, a very human character. Sort of like Boromir, do you like very much relate to that part of his personality and his character?
2: Well, and he's just like trying to keep his people safe and everyone's like, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, he's like, there's he's, like no, I'm just trying to like...
1: There's no like malice. I mean, it's like it's like if somebody was on your shoulder all the time telling you you were doing a bad job. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he feels the weight of the responsibility too. Yeah. When he has that, he gives that speech. His guy is like putting the armor on him with the white lights oh, yeah. all around him. Uh-huh. And he's just like, who am I gambling?
0: You are our king, sire, and you trust your king. Your men, my lord, will follow you to whatever end.
2: He knows it's all on me if we win or lose this. And actually, this is one of my cry moments. You ready for it? (laughs) Go on. Give it to us. Probably the part I cry the most in The Two Towers is when he is ruminating over his son's death and they're at the gravesite. He's looking at the flower. It's called Symbol Muna. Ever has it grown on the tombs of my forebears.
0: Now it shall cover the grave of my son. Alas, that these evil days should be mine. The young perish and the old linger. That I should live, to see the last days of my house. Cedric's death was not of your making. No parent should have to bury their child. He was strong in life. His spirit will find its way to the halls of your fathers.
2: Um, I also like Aragorn in this one, too. Where I feel like if the first movie is more about him accepting who he was, the race of men, this is him being like, I'm stepping up now and like being a leader, preparing him for what his arc will be in the next movie.
3: It's really Aragorn's movie for for the most of the second half. Uh, absolutely.
1: Can I just say something about Helm's Deep? Yeah something i loved was watching what everyone like what everyone's jobs were it's crazy to think about how realistic it probably is to war and how everyone has a different job and like some people are shouting to do stuff and other people are just doing it like the elves are all just like their job is to just like shoot people aragorn is basically just watching everything and telling people where to go and what to do Uh yeah
2: I have a lot of thoughts about Helm's Deep, but do you have, any, do you have anything to add Ryan?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he throws up. Like, Ryan. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy shit.
2: I, Helm's Deep, if I may. Please, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In the same way that, like, Jurassic Park was, like, the first time fully realized dinosaurs were on screen, and ever since then has never been quite as novel the first time was so magical. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I feel about a mass scale CGI fight. This is like the first one I ever really saw. Everyone sensed this, even in like Return of the King. Are just It won't reach the highs as like, I was just overwhelmed by the amount of people. It doesn't feel like too much. Whereas now I see like large action sequences and it's just like, it's I totally monotonous agree. and noise. Yeah. But I think a lot of that was like the care and time that was put into that. Like you mentioned, like the logistics of war and there's like a 20 to 30 minute build up from when they get to Helm's Deep to the actual fighting itself, where it's just, it's like a masterclass in ratcheting the tension and just this foreboding sense of like, death is coming for us. I feel like there's a lot about a lot of like action sequences in general, but the ones that really don't glorify death but really show like, this is awful. Like those are the ones that really are weighty when you're watching the actual fight. It's just heartbreaking to watch like the old men and the little children be like geared up to go to war. Yeah. Yeah, like people do really cool stuff, but it really, you're just kind of like reminded of like, this is awful. Like war is scary and it's terrible and terrifying. And they just keep having shots of the people in the caves and the children and just like, this is what's at stake and the odds are overwhelming and we all just think we're going to die.
1: That part had very, dare I say again, Titanic vibes. Yeah. Where they're just like <laughs> the women shielding the away the women and children.
2: <laughs> and I think this is underscored too by cutting back and forth between the Entmoot. There's like an arc to the battle too. It's not just like, a, sometimes big Mascale fights, I also can't really track what's going. Or like, are yep. we ahead? Or are we, are we like losing? I was even noticing this. When they first get to Helm's Deep, there's like a sweeping shot of all of Helm's Deep. And it really helps orient you spatially of like, okay... There's the deeping wall. Mm-hmm. There's the horn what, the horn guard? The The,
1: the place giant. where Gimli goes to blow the horn. <laughs>
2: Yes. Yeah. It's almost like levels. You can just like track of like, okay, like we have to retreat a little bit, but now we're here and we're safe and like fight off here. And we, oh, we got pushed back again. I don't know. It's just easy to track that way. And the most shocking truly is like that explosion. Especially for that time. They didn't even know what fire <laughs> oh, explosions yeah. were. Oh, yeah. uh, Worm- Tongue almost like blew up like the tower when he's like, what is this? Leaning over <laughs> yeah. with, like, it's like, piece of shit. Get that out of here. hard
3: to find good help.
1: We need this. <laughs> later
3: all of Saruman's help
2: is just
1: dumb ass horse
2: and primo just (laughs) just idiot
1: but like a shit ton of them like tons of dummies
2: (laughs) it's also funny that like just a single explosion really was so thrilling especially because like everyone's reaction of like what just happened yeah
1: can you you imagine that happening and you've never seen an explosion
2: before Wormtongue, he's like, he's like, how can you induce stone with fire? He can't even like comprehend of like, what does that even look like? It doesn't make sense. I, I love that
3: there's that balance of, yes, this feels impossible, but it, it never feels hopeless. Which yeah. is what-, what the goal of that battle is. Like, you always have hope.
2: They're not letting themselves not be hopeful.
1: To go back to what you said before, where they're all just like, death is just like coming for them
2: yeah staring us in the face that
1: part where aragorn is with the the kid and the sword and he takes the sword you know it sort of just like hit me right there that it was like they're just literally waiting for the orc like for the orc to show up yeah and just like beat the hell out of them and And they all know it's coming the
2: anxiety of waiting you can see the fire in the distance of them coming and then like they start doing the the stomping So that's stomping. So most of the people in the Uruk outfits were like these big buff Maori guys. They like came up with that while they were filming as like an intimidation tactic. Hey, listeners, just a quick note. We had some audio difficulties with Courtney's mic, which dropped out for about the next five to ten minutes before we caught it. So apologies for the echo. But you could also just pretend that Courtney's on location in New Zealand calling in for the next segment. So they had a couple different models They had a 1 to 35 scale of all of Helm's Deep that was used for, like, wide shots. Then they had a 1 to 4th scale that was 50 feet wide that was used for, like, forced perspection shots Mm -hmm. and for some of the explosions. So, like, when they blew up the deeping wall, that was a model they blew up. They also built an actual set in an actual quarry that had a gate and a ramp and, like, some removable sections so they could actually film, like, on a location. It took them four months to shoot the entire battle. Three months were night shoots with just rain, like manufactured rain pouring down. We had 500 extras, and it resulted in 20 hours of footage that they had to edit down to what they oh, had. my gosh. It sort of featured a little bit in Fellowship in the prologue, but Weta, which is the group, the company that did all their special effects, they uh, developed a new software called Massive. It generated intelligent crowds. So it had a, a huge number of options for each of the software agents to choose from. So each of the digital people are like behaving differently. No one is doing the same thing at the same time. And when they're in battle, depending on how you like program them to act, they can choose from so many different things of like what to do. So they basically fight each other, including fleeing. Like some people they found when they ran the simulations would just turn and leave and be like, I'm not fighting I'm dipping because that was an option too. It was like the first time they ever did any kind of like a software like this. I don't think I've ever felt the same thrill sense of like a large scale battle.
1: I would even say, um, I don't know if it was last time you asked me about action because I don't typically. Oh yeah. It's a lot for me to like action. I felt, I felt that exact same way. Like I could follow the action. And I, it was like I wasn't completely invested the whole time. The first battle, actually, that was not as like I wasn't as engaged.
2: Which which one?
1: The with the with the wargs.
2: Oh, I feel the same way.
1: There was just like a lot going. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot going on. <laughs> on but like, no,
2: but like it, it was
1: harder to follow. It wasn't as clear. They
2: kind of just like announced that it's over. Whereas I feel yeah. like when Helms Deep, you can kind of like tell there's mile markers basically right. of being like where are we are we at. Mm-hmm. Um, one cool part in the warg fight though was Legolas flipping up on that horse. Oh Legolas gosh. MVP. I actually
1: have a different MVP. <laughs>
2: okay, all right, hold on. They realized they didn't have a shot of Orlando Bloom getting on a horse, so they just digitally were like, "Let's just have him like do this weird flip."
1: It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it looks it, it looks, looks kinda cool. Dumb. It yeah. looks kind of janky because yeah, he's on the wrong cool
2: side of the horse, but you're you're just like, "Whoa!" what it happens.
1: And also, there's just there's I mean, this is like the magic of doing something that's. Like doing a movie that's kind of fake. I'm like kind of kind of fantasy where you just kind of accept it you're like oh yeah of course Legolas would do that well, it looks like a even if it looks dumb. impractical yeah. the
3: way he does it you're like, ah, the most baddest sense.
2: thing that he does in the movie absolutely do you really. remember this?
1: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bring it up like, right. It
2: it's thrilling <laughs> every time you're just like ah, piece that son of a bitch <laughs> throwing that shield down and gliding all the way down he's yeah. like uh, it's so That's cool a good idea.
1: and he just continues shooting it's just like arrow after arrow after arrow well then he
2: gets to the bottom and jumps off and the shield even goes and like gets someone oh, man. Gandalf isn't really in the movie very much I will say this is also an additional scene it's when it's right after he's shown up I think I know why they cut it because it's mostly just letting the audience know like telling them kind of giving them an update the conversation between Gandalf and Aragorn where Gandalf's like Sauron will suffer no rival from the summit of Barad-dûr, his eye watches ceaselessly
0: but he is not so mighty yet that he is above fear doubt ever gnaws at him. The rumor has reached her. The heir of Numenor still lives. Sauron fears you very He fears what you may become. Then, sir, he'll strike hard and fast at the world of men. Sauron and Salomon are tightening the noose. But for all their coming, we have one advantage. The ring remains hidden, and that we should seek to destroy it has not yet entered their darkest dreams. And so the weapon of the enemy is moving towards Mordor, in the hands of a hobbit each day brings it closer to the fires of Mount
2: It's fantastic. Like, he's just, the McKellen is just like, he's just batting a hundred. He's so good <laughs> in that scene. And that is actually... Spoiler alert, another little cry moment for me. At the very end of the scene, I also don't really know why Gandalf wouldn't already know this information, why this would be revealed to him at this point, but there's something so sweet when Gandalf to Aragorn's like,
0: Do not regret your decision to leave him. Frodo must finish this task alone. He's not alone. Sam went with him. Did he? Did he indeed. Yes, very good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and then it cuts right to Frodo and Sam together, and you you really are just like Sam is so good; he's just so dependable.
1: It's also just like there you just see over and over again how much these like <laughs> these friends care about each other. <laughs> yeah, like, they just care about <laughs> each other so much. Well,
2: and I remember like being a teenager and like just like snickering at some of like the very very sincere parts, and like they do probably act like kind of weird where you're like, that's would be uncomfortable. If someone said that to me to my face.
1: Well, like Sam and Fredo for more than half the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know. I think I've talked to you at one point about how like, I think society and like what we accept in movies, like oscillates back and forth between we want like cynical or we want very sincere. And I feel yeah. like the part of the success of the Marvel movies the last 10 years is that like, we're in the mood for sincere right now. And so we just like, yeah, just like lean into it. We want sincerity. Whereas I feel like the 2000s were very cynical and I think it's because of nine eleven. Where like the Dark night and like gritty reboots, we were just like sick of sincerity and like sugar sweetness. You know what I mean? But watching it now, like those scenes are really effective, even if they would make me uncomfortable. if Someone said it to me like, he wouldn't have gone very far without his Sam. <laughs> but you really are like, yeah. I don't know. Like they care about each other. And especially when, you, like, I can't imagine what kind of like a traumatic experience, something like that oh, would totally. be.
1: totally. Yeah.
2: And just knowing that you're like, you've got my back and I know you do. I don't know. I like. I agree with you, though.
1: Do you think we're flipping back the other way? Or do you think we will flip back the other way in the coming years? I'm sure we will. With Cynical, since we're... I mean, the place that we're in right now.
2: The world is pretty dark right now, and I think we will cling a bit more to escapism and earnestness for a
1: while. This is kind of related, but not really. Um, today, I was having a client call, and we started. they started asking our team about a baby boom.
2: Interesting. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I work in advertising, so they were asking... About research that we could do around like how many people are having babies right now, and we started talking about how we're hitting a point now where baby, like we'll know if there's a baby boom in the next couple months because we're we're like nine, you know, we're past nine months, so it's kind
2: of like, there's I I'm isn't sure I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a baby boom, yeah, or boomer or two tumors,
1: and somebody on the call. <laughs> not tumors, no. <laughs> somebody on the call was like. Yeah, yeah, we're, like, basically coming out of, like, a wartime. Like, it's that.
2: Well, and like, everyone's been stuck at home. Been so stuck. People are banging. What's, what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did want to circle back
3: to something you said a second ago. Okay. Um, when Gandalf is surprised about Sam, mm-hmm. I just love that that speaks to the narrative that hobbits will surprise you. And yeah. it's even to him, he's surprised.
2: And yeah. it, he really is like, oh, good. And then really thinks about him. He's like... That is good. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a one time driving with Courtney. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. We were driving by.
1: Dunkin' Donuts.
2: Dunkin' Donuts. And Sugar and it, House. It was October and they had spider ribs on it. And she goes, oh, spider ribs. Nice. And then a pause. And then Good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was good. Like I don't know why I did it. it was, was, was it? It wasn't too mean. No, it was. Yeah, it was just kind of like it good. was
2: complete. She would have had the same conversation if, regardless who had frankly, been, frankly by myself. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, webs, nice. Then, like solemnly to herself, good. <laughs> and it's the same Gandalf energy of like, oh, good. No, that is very actually very good now. I think about it. it. Just cares so much. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
1: few things to say please just about the movie yeah you should okay a few moments i remembered in my brain okay how weird it is that faramir had to like learn of his brother's death by just walking into the river kind of and that's just kind of how you learn about things
2: oh yeah well and like actually i have something to tell you in a second okay about that well i'll tell you that now actually <laughs> we're, okay. we're right here right. <laughs> so i don't know if this was like clear but I think I only know this because of the books and like seeing this uh, so many times. He only finds the broken horn. horn. Yeah. And he has like, in his mind, he imagines seeing Boromir in the canoe.
1: Oh, I didn't pick that up, but I did know about the horn. Because. that's how he found, he like figured.
2: He basically says, he's like, I know in my heart because he's my brother. So I know in my heart, I Mm -hmm. I found the horn. I waited six days, but I know that he's dead because he's my brother. And then when he has that like sort of dream, he kind of like disappears in the water. Oh. It's not its not, not very clear, well but communicated, I but do.
1: I mean, and I also, like, understood, too, like, you watch Boromir go over the waterfall and he wouldn't be that intact. I mean, he would you just, know like, what I smash mean?
2: In the rocks, probably. Right. But I, also, it's funny to think about, like, Frodo, the last time he saw Boromir was he was running away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he's like, Boromir's dead, he's like, how? Yeah. It's news to him, too, you know?
1: Yeah. But it's just, like, the idea of, like... Oh, you learn news by finding stuff on a riverbank. Like that's yeah. how you. Like honestly, that's how people.
2: That's how the. That's how used communication to, used to be. Y- yeah, like, you news. just kind
1: of like figured stuff out. Well,
2: and when people would leave, you'd be like, "I wonder if I'll see you in like seven months." <laughs> like I have no idea. Yeah. You're like traveling. It takes days to move around by horse. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I also have another thing to say about two people in the movie, two people who need to just like cool it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: do
1: I, you know who i'm
2: i think i know where you're going with i'm just like
1: okay you need to be cool like just calm <laughs> calm the hell down who do you think it is
2: uh if i say listen you're trying way too hard <laughs> does that fit into probably where you're going yes <laughs> is it uh, a Yes. <laughs> she's
1: one of them anyone have any other guesses
2: oh that was my guess
3: Cool
1: um, it. It's kind of like, just like, be cool. Is it Gollum? Yes. (laughs) Like, they're going to figure you out just at the very end when he's like, Come on, hermits.
3: Long ways to go yet. Smoother machine in the way.
2: Follow me.
1: He's like, clearly like... Hey, everything's fine. Yeah, he's like, clearly hiding from them. Because he's having like a crisis.
2: Here's the thing. Gollum makes sense. He's been with himself for (laughs) decades. You know what I mean? Gollum
1: is a ride. He's he is so much. Do
2: you wanna talk about Gollum or Eowyn?
1: Oh, I don't know. Either. I think say so about both. Okay, go ahead.
2: Well, okay, Eowyn, uh she's a, a you know we were making jokes about and Legolas girls. She's a literal horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she needs to like keep it in your pants. Like yeah, you, you are need to calm when she's down. like she's known him for she's had like two, <laughs> two scenes with him. Yes. And then she's like
0: they fight beside you because they would not be parted from you. Because they love you.
2: i've overstepped it's like yeah he's basically got an engagement ring that he told you about yeah he's also like 85 so like go like what are you doing the
1: second she was walking up with that soup i knew oh i knew she was just she was ready to ready to rock
2: i actually if i if i could have my own edit i would probably trim this the most of the three but like i would definitely cut out that scene where she's like i'm to be sent with the women into the caves That is an honorable charge. To mind the children, to find food and bedding when the men return.
0: What renown is there in that? My lady, a time may come for valor
2: without renown. Who then will your people look to in the last offense? First off, Aragorn has just had no sleep. He's just like fallen off a cliff and like horsebacked (laughs) all the way to that city, and now they're gonna have like a big fight. And she's like comes up to me, she's like, Hey, let me just lay my shit on you for a second. She's like, I have to go help out the women. (laughs) He's like, Great, I I have He's like, That's very important. Can I remind you? And do I like I now I have to like like tell you that (laughs) that? Yes.
3: Like, Like this is a champagne problem. Go take care of everyone. I would have
2: cut out that scene because I think it means more for her as a character if I don't know, you can maybe speak to this Courtney. That scene also makes her be like, I have to go do this. I can't play with the boys. And she's like, I actually love you. Wouldn't it mean more if she was like, you're right. Like, I know what my duty is. Because then the next scene, she's in the caves and like pulls back her hair like, I need to like go to work now. Yeah. Doesn't that, wouldn't that be more of like, she's less concerned if this really hot guy is into her and more like, I'm actually going to like care for the welfare of my people in a way that's more than like
1: totally. heroics. Yeah.
2: Or like faux heroics. But I'm actually going to do something that like, will actually make a difference.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know. Would, do you think that would help her as a character more?
1: Yeah. If she was more... There's not a lot to her because this is kind of... So, I don't know what she's like in the third one, to be fair.
2: um, it's. I think she's better. Okay. I think she grows. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so in this one, I just feel like there's not much to her. She's not very confident. And she's just hanging on every everything that Aragorn says. Even when they're walking before that first fight, mm-hmm. they're walking and she's like... Where is she? The woman who gave you that jewel. And he just doesn't answer her because he's having his own thoughts. You know, whatever. <laughs> she's like, she's like hey, hey, you, where'd you get that? Hey, where'd you
2: get that ring? Yeah. Or no, the weirdest one is when she's like playing around with the sword when they're all packing up to leave. And she like swings it and he blocks it out of nowhere. <laughs> And she, like, flips it around and just gives him, like, this crazy stuff. And you're like, you need to, like... (laughs) I forgot about that. You need to learn some some people skills. Maybe take, like, a few lessons in flirting. 100%. you need to, like, dial it back. She
1: is wild. You are so
2: transparently horny. And, like, he's (laughs) being nice to you.
1: Yeah. And Gollum, you feel so bad for him so much of the time that you're just, like... Don't get yourself into, like, another problem. It kind of
2: works better if you watch parts, like, both parts together in one flow, but you really see that, like, it's sad. Oh, totally. Because, one, Frodo, like, sees himself in Gollum. Right. And he's like...
0: Why do you do that? Call him names. Run him down all the time. Because. Because that's what he is, Mr. Frodo.
2: There's not left in him but lies and deceit. It's the ring he wants. It's all he cares about. You have no idea what it did to him. What it's still doing to him.
1: I want to help him, Sam.
2: Why? Because I have to believe he can come back. And Frodo's kindness actually cures Smeagol. He, like, gets rid of his, like, weird schizophrenic, yeah. But then like this perceived, it was like, it's like a series of unfortunate events. Like these perceived betrayals and like Faramir's people beating up on him, mm-hmm. like breaks him back. And he's like an addict who relapses. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, he almost like got him out. It really is just like, it underscores like, it's sad. It's what's so going sad. On.
1: It's very sad. Yeah. But at the end, you're just like. He can't help it. Oh. He wants the well, precious.
2: He actually, there's. He, he overdoes that's it a lot, like especially in the beginning when he's just like flailing and crying. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man.
1: And Sam's like, D- or is it Frodo? Frodo's like, don't struggle. Stop struggling. And, and it also like, looks
2: like Frodo yeah that's, him in. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And you're just like, that's Faramir's dick moved.
1: It's very sad. Well, and
2: then you think of like, he's just had terrible life. Mm-hmm. And you can see it when like the Nazgul shriek and he just is like freaking out because I'm, he's probably has like all this... Like PTSD from what he's gone totally. through. Totally. Yeah. From being chased his entire life. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's. A, it's a, a compelling character too, just because you're like
1: Your you see bad. why he's like that. Yeah.
2: Um. He is like the I think the crowning achievement of this movie.
3: Honestly, I think I think that character could have gone Jar Jar Binks. Like it could have gone. Oh yeah. So <laughs> terrible. But he's able to, he plays it in such a way that you believe that he's real. You believe that, like, he has emotional depth.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, totally. It's all Andy Circus too. You know, what I mean? like, it, he's the one responsible for that, of why it works so well.
1: Even the eyes, like, are so, very compelling. He
2: was originally going to be an all CGI character. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy Circus. he had an audition of, like, to do the voice work. And Peter Jackson was so impressed by his audition that he's, like, wanted him to be, like, the physical person so they it was actually a pretty complex way that they filmed him because motion capture wasn't as it was not nearly it was like a pretty new technology and actually like the phantom menace spearheaded a lot of motion capture um like how they could do it because of jar jar binks Uh um weirdly enough the star wars prequels actually like were pioneers for like pushing digital effects very far yeah but they would have like they would film one scene with him acting with elijah wood and sean astin then they would film the scene again with him not there and then acting to nothing and then he would have to recreate the scene in a soundstage with like the dots on him mm-hmm. so he had like this really arduous process of like putting it together but he's like with them on set in like a suit interacting with them
3: which is also fascinating to think about this grown man
2: just with that voice well, you guys yeah. just google just google like, i've seen those before it's crazy there's like the one where he's like f- splashing around trying to get that fish like down the down like the hill apparently it was like in freezing temperatures and they were like he just committed to it he just did it peter jackson and like the producers were really pushing to get him an oscar nomination after the movie mm-hmm. and he technically was disqualified because he actually wasn't on screen oh and this is kind of a beef i have well not really beef but like i i feel like it's like we should be recognizing Digital actors more. Like we're getting lost totally. In the yeah, one hundred percent. He is like the king. We're always going to associate Andy Serkis with motion capture and moving this kind of technology forward. Like yeah. he's Caesar in the Planet of yeah, the Apes movies know. too, and he's yeah. just he's incredible. They had like a model of Gollum that's actually in Fellowship. Uh, you you never really see him very well, but in like Fellowship. But can you tell the model is very like the face is all different. He has like kind of like a skeleton like nose. But then when they had Serkis be on set, they decided to like model him to resemble Andy Serkis so he looks like a degraded Andy Serkis I was also just impressed how good it looked it's 20 years old you could tell when it was like oh this could be better rendered yeah there was some of it especially in like the harsh daylight it looks incredible he looks it looks very real without being real real yeah yeah and he still looks really good you think of the two towers you think of Helm's Deep and you think of just Gollum and you're like man I can't believe they pulled that off this also reminded me how when this came out, we all knew that one kid
3: who would do the Gollum voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought was
2: it... a the just... kid on all fours running yes. around.
3: And they'd be like, hey, 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 watch, he could do Gollum. <laughs> hey, do Gollum. Can you do Gollum, Ryan? I can't. I won't. I think, actually, it's... <laughs> everyone can. Everyone can. We've all tried it. Am I?
1: I, I tra- Personally, I tried it on, on microphone just a little while ago.
3: It was like the cough though. Yeah. That's, that's, that's oh, yeah. different than the go. voice. Go. Yeah. Go. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. When Aragorn's like, let's let's ride out.
0: Ride out and meet them. For death and glory.
3: For Rohan. For your people. Do you think Aragorn remembers that Gandalf is coming? And yes. That he has that in his back pocket. Like
1: He th- he remembers that when he looks at the Oh right! Which one comes first? He looks at the sun, or
2: no, he doesn't. And then for he death looks and at glory for Rohan for your people, and then Gimli says, "The sun is rising." I think he was just like, it was like a hail mary of like, you know what? Like let's end this on our own terms,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and just to like shake Théoden out of like his stupor too. Yeah, the Gandalf rescue is, like, the portals moment Mm, of, like, 20 (laughs) years ago. Yeah. Because that's, like, how I felt when it happened. You're just like, they're here. Ugh. Like, we were at the very end of our rope, and, like, the score is incredible.
1: That's just a classic story of, like, when your friends show up in a war.
2: And, like, at the last moment. That's, like, the endgame moment where the ultimate lowest of despair, and then the rescue happens.
0: Clareden King stands alone. Not alone. Go hit him! Oh. And,
1: to the and then those little bitches run off into the woods <laughs> and get murdered. Oh, that. <laughs> <trees>. that, that <laughs> well,
2: okay, this, that was something else I. These, like, concepts of isolationism and people being like, it's not really my war. And there's a lot. Of that, especially in the Marion Pippin and the Entmoot stuff. Explicitly, that's like the text where he's like,
0: How can that be your decision?
2: This is not our war.
0: But you're part of this world! Aren't you? You must help! Please!
2: And even like the elves to some extent. That when the elves show up, that is a, one of those other moments too where you're like, Oh, like Oh thank goodness some friends. professionals are here. Yeah. <laughs> <It's professional.
1: laughs> some they're clean like, professionals.
2: They're just like moving in like lockstep. You're like yeah. mm.
3: something I think is cool and also kind of funny is during the battle there's the, the group of orcs going up the ramp and they all have a shield <laughs> on top of them and in front of them and they're just moving like just all in, together and up. Yes. And they look so small. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was another thing i was gonna say Arag- or not aragorn um legolas just searching for like any way that he can oh the be- most like
2: efficient tactical yes, thing to yes yes
1: he's so efficient and he just shoots the rope and it just right t- as it's like
2: at the top and yeah like, yeah that's pretty good <laughs> what was your mileage like for a lot of the gimli humor
1: i have something to say okay
2: <laughs> oh my gosh
1: i thought i owe gimli a lot of credit oh
2: what's that mean um did you judge him too harshly? I did.
1: I judged him too harshly in the first one because he, I actually made mileage. Ro-
2: is he back in rotation now for uh <laughs> well, screw I did Mary think, Kill?
1: I did think maybe I would give him my girl. <laughs> but he I think he's more annoying in the first one actually I don't know it didn't bother me because he's doing so many things because he's just like ready to rumble at all times which in Mm -hmm. this situation you need to be ready to rumble at all times and he's just like toss me over there yeah I would even I would call him the MVP of this movie
2: whoa I think I would disagree
1: (laughs) okay let's hear it here
2: you bring up interesting points I would say I think some of his like shenanigans are a little like Hey man, not the place. We're like, can you like, we're fighting right now, and like, we, like read the room. Like, okay. we're fighting for our lives. But like, I guess you could argue like he's just game. He's just game, and also he's kind of
3: relieving a little bit of tension, I think, which I don't mind. I personally think it's a, a little
2: misplaced tonally okay. at points.
1: Okay, that's fair. And
2: like, there's an overarching relationship with he and Legolas throughout the three movies that like you see change where they're very initially very like antagonistic in the first movie. And now they're like kind of joking around and they have like the, they start having like the playful rivalry.
1: Yeah.
2: That will continue into like a a really satisfying moment in the next movie too. Where they
1: fall in love. Yeah.
2: Well, who knows?
1: I don't
3: want to spoil anything. Um, And I know we talked about perspective last time, but the fact that he is like six feet tall in real life, but just you never would
2: know that. The only time I can really tell is when he's sitting on the or- on the uruk eye at the end and he's like I've got my axe uh. in his nervous system. Sometimes you can tell the proportions are very tall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, I can see all of you right now and I can tell you're tall, but he's also sitting on an oversized uruk body." It's they sad. did that a couple times like when Mary and Pippin are being carried in the first part of the movie. Yeah. They're running with people in Yurik suits, but the guys that they are on are specifically wearing large suits to make them seem smaller. You know what? Those sons of bitches, (laughs) there were a couple moments that I was like, how did they do that? Where was the trade-off? One of them was like, when they bring Sam and Frodo into, like, the caves when fairmere and they, like, they take off the blindfolds, right? Yeah. Right. It's clearly them digitally reduced and people around them. Yeah. Like, it's a shot composition, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who took their masks off? Someone physically took their masks off, and oh. maybe they walked off screen, and that was someone with them on a green screen. But I swear he, like, walked into the background and yeah. was still in the shot. Whoa. And the other one was... They are digitally reduced when they're wa- they're being like pushed around in Osgiliath. That's yeah. like one of the Gondor cities. Yeah, They are digitally there, but there's like movement all around them. The shot is so long and it's a dynamic shot, meaning, well, not, this isn't like a, an official term, but it, it, the shot is dynamic in that it is moving. It's not static, right? Right. So they are moving, but also people around them are moving in the same motion. It just would have to take so much coordination. Yeah. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> For just like that little... Walking, scene. there was a part yeah. though. It just still where, staggers
1: me. Oh, I think it might have been when they were in the cave, where you can tell they're clearly kneeling. This
2: is kind of the problem because proportionately, their they, they are tall people, yeah. and you can tell when it's the body doubles because they are proportionately smaller right. and like more cramped. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, and I, I kind of wonder. In a way, it's kind of a shame because like I can, you can see the seams. Like it's it's twenty years old, so like when they're digitally composited, you're like, I can tell one just because I can tell that you're not that short but also like the around you looks a bit fuzzy mm-hmm. because yeah. these are old effects and a part of me it was like sad watching it this time where I was like there's gonna be in like another 20 years all of these effects might feel really dated and it might not be as like engaging for like a younger audience to like be introduced like they'll have to sort of suspend more disbelief like we do with
1: 80s movies the or, Empire yeah. Strikes Back or yeah. Star Wars
2: right. where we're like oh there's a clearly stop motion 80s and mm-hmm. And it's kind of a bummer because it's like, I don't know, we got to see them mm-hmm. in their glory on yeah. the big screen when those effects were state of the art. But that's and always going like, to yeah, happen. That's true. And they're going to have that. And it's like we had Avengers where that was like that, I guess. I
1: would say about 70-30, like 70% of the time, you're just kind of like, that looks great. How do you do that?
2: That's true. And you know what? Some of it will just be timeless because it's all practical. And that will always yeah. just look good because it's it's photography. Yeah. It's like happening in camera. And like, man, they just it blows me away. One more note I wanted to hit on before maybe sharing some behind-the-scenes trivia for you. Okay. The Merry, Pippin, Tree, Treebeard stuff. Uh, that part also really affects me too. For as boring as all those scenes can be, the moment where Merry really is like, you have to help. Like, please help. And just like the helplessness that he, you feel of like trying to reason with these like creatures who just don't see what the problem is. Mm-hmm. They're so old. They're like, your problems mean nothing to us. Then and, like Pippin trying to be like,
1: maybe Treebeard's
2: right.
0: We don't belong here, Mary. It's too big for us. What can we do in the end? We've got the Shire. Maybe we should go. Fires of Isengard will spread. And the woods of Tuckborough and Buckland will burn. And. And all that was once green and good in this world will be gone.
2: There won't be a Shire Pippin. This could be applicable in any time, not just like our time. But that idea of people being like, what can I... Like, we're so small and like the problems are too big for like what we can do. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just live our own lives. You don't understand. If we don't do something, there's nothing to go home to. Yeah.
1: Like, I, feel, I feel like that sometimes like... Living in Utah, you're kind of like, I mean, when things get like overwhelming politically or with things that have been going on, you're just kind of like, well, I live in Utah. I don't really know how I'm going to like make a difference or change anyone's mind, you know? Yeah. And
2: like problems where you're like, how do you combat that? Like, what what yeah. could I even do? You should try to do something. You, should try to- you can't just be like, well, it doesn't affect my life.
1: Right. It is. It eventually becomes your problem as they find out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they're smart. I think like it's kind of implied like Pippin like knowingly said them that way. I was going to ask way.
1: you. Do you think that was him knowing, or do you think it was like we're small, we can get around oh, it? I don't, I don't know. know
2: because then when Mary's like we'll get caught, and he's like not this time. That oh. makes it seem like he's got. I something think up he asleep. knew. I think yeah. he thought the what trees if... there are gone. Get them close to Isengard, and maybe something will happen.
1: That part's not clear. I wonder if it's more clear in the book.
2: I honestly don't remember what like how how those like events kind of transpire. I <laughs> learned I learned about the Entwives <laughs> like, I, like when he's talking about that. And he sings the song. He sings a song about the Entwives. Remember that. Come back to me. That's a song. All the lyrics are in the book. I do remember that. <laughs> it's it's a very interesting, very powerful anti isolationist message in these movies. They're like definitely saying something about like, don't snooze in the world. I think it's really interesting. Well, I'm
3: just like helping. Like the king's like, who would come to our aid? And everyone's like, Gondor. And he's like, Gondor?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, and then he's like the elves and the elves actually show up.
2: I also think it's interesting that there is a heavy pro-environmentalist message in this movie where the environment literally has revenge on industry. The trees literally go and like pull down the fires of industry and just like... Of Saruman's orc factory. Yeah, like (laughs) release the river and wash it away. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: I love there's a scene when the river first starts and there's an ant whose head's on
2: fire and he just like runs into the water and sticks his head in. Didn't when you first saw that, weren't you like... oh? You're just like, Thank goodness. He, he got in there.
1: <laughs> that tree has major group vibes. That is a group move.
2: Oh, I wanted to ask you, Did the trees bug you? No. Because trees bug you. Yeah. In but general. They,
1: but like I said, they like it didn't look real enough. Okay. It was like a cartoon tree.
3: Yeah, yeah. Especially okay. some of the, not tree beard, but some of the yeah. other ones. Okay. Yeah. Very cartoony. The goofy looking. There was yeah. one
1: thing that very much surprised me that bothered me a lot. What? Um, when Gollum has the fish and he's slapping it and then he takes a bite when he's walking back, they're like walking him back. He has the fish in his hand and you can just see the scales have been like ripped open. Oh, Oh. really? Yeah, really. I was like very surprised it bugged (laughs) me that much. Maybe
3: I know the answer to this, but like who's running Mordor? I, I thought about this in in the first half when there's all those armies marching through the Black Gate. Uh-huh. I'm like, is it just orcs running everything inside?
2: Basically, Sauron is like running the show.
3: But he's like, he's he's just like a, a an, an eye, an eye. But yeah. he's still like, but he's like coordinating. He can communicate, yeah, okay,
2: because he's like communicating with Sauron, man. Right. But yeah, basically, and the it's, Nazgul. Yeah, I'm sure they're probably. I, I mean, I don't really know the corporate structure.
3: <laughs> I just imagine all these armies of men going in. It's just orcs like, sit over there. Put in
1: suits.
2: <laughs> it's a hotel. Oh, I'm all about the sausage. How's this getting made? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm right there with it. They neatly like tied all together with a nice like voiceover that like ties all the narrative threads together in like one big triumphant, like we're all winning at the same time with mm-hmm. Sam's speech.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that part made me really cry. But in the end, it's only a passing thing.
2: The shadow.
0: Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something. Even if you were too small to understand why. What are we holding on to, Sam? There's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo,
2: and it's worth fighting for. It's a fan favorite part. I think people love that whole monologue.
1: I just thought about just people who have like, I don't know, obviously the first thing that comes to your mind with this movie is like war Mm -hmm. and how many times people have probably felt like that, whether it was you sending your son or your father or your husband or whatever. Or just off off to war how and they, like, you like drag on
2: forever too. And you're yeah. like, when will this end?
1: Yeah. Or you're in the war and you're just like, what am I, I can't solve this problem, you know? And you've been tasked with your, you know, your family or yourself, you've been tasked with like, I don't know, working towards this goal. I don't know. You have to remember that, that it's like, there's so much good in the world and that's what you're fighting for. Even if it's so incomprehensible and you know, it sucks and you shouldn't be the one to like do that, but mm-hmm. you are
2: and I mean they have like a coda on that too when they like revisit that idea when they're talking about it's like a really meta conversation it's like do you think there'll be any stories about us do you think anyone's favorite stories will be this
1: Sam the Brave
2: and yeah I, I, I like that too when that, yeah and he's like very sincere when he's like we have left out one of the chief characters Samwise the Brave
0: I want to hear more about Sam Frodo wouldn't have got far without Sam
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah he guys, would yeah. Be guys, taken by the friggin' Nazgul. I know. You guys meet he, each other. When he's just standing in front of the Nazgul and he's like,
2: "Oh no, that part surprised you? I thought I felt you jump."
1: I didn't jump. I the a little the dragon. Def- a little defensive. What is that? What's is it? Just a dragon? I don't know what it's. Oh, name is.
2: it's like. It's, I'm sure there's a name Christian for it.
1: Name is where it rises. <laughs> yeah, Paul.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I said Paul. We know a Paul really well. <laughs> I should have said a more obscure name. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It
1: rises and you're just like, oh. And then Frodo's standing there flashing his brain. His oh, like and he's just, just like, like, he's like, take me now. Like, like oh, it's awful. I guess awful. this is it. And Sam just freaking risks his life. and.
2: Sam's the best. Do you want to rank the hobbits?
1: Probably the same, I would say.
2: Mine shifts a little bit. I would say this one, it's Sam, Frodo, Pip, and Mary. Oh, Mary's down at the bottom this time. Oh, he's always at the bottom, Ryan. But Frodo got bumped from top spot. Sam's the top.
1: You know what? I would maybe switch those. I would maybe. Throw it on top. S- no. I would do yours, except I would maybe switch Mary and Pippin. You know because-
2: what? I might too. Because actually. Mary. Oh, interesting! Always he, at the bottom well,
1: <laughs> Mary's like, we gotta go. Yeah, because you know?
2: Mary's the one that's like,
1: but he, Pippin is the one who ultimately
2: comes up with the got plan. him there. Yeah. yeah, and then they just get high.
1: Maybe Mary. Yeah, that's basically all they do. They eat some food and
2: why does he have a storehouse of like nice food and like a bunch of pot though? I'm sure, he's got to eat. Yeah, that's true. That's it's the like break that's, room. His, that's his personal. Yeah, also yeah he has the keys to the break room.
1: <laughs> so we've talked a lot about Aragorn girls, horse girls. Sure. Right. And I was just thinking, like, watching Aragorn in this movie, he's got, like, the elf thing around his neck, and then he's got, like, a cloak, and then he's got the little clip. that That's an elf thing, too, right? Some sort of tree, leaf, something. They all have them right here. Oh,
2: yeah. It's like a brooch that's holding yeah. their, the elf cloaks together. Yeah. Because Pippin, like, Pippin rips it off and drops it. Yeah. Yeah. Not idly do the leaves of Lorien fall. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking like, he looks so cool in this movie, but then you take it out of context and you like see people like that and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Like,
2: it's because he's like so ruggedly handsome, but you really are like, you look like shit. You probably <laughs> smell terrible. You've just ripped up and beaten up. You just look like a sketchy character. But honestly, shitty him looks better than showered him. It's true. <laughs> he
1: looks cool. Oh, okay.
2: And like, there's a good line. It's from the book, but it's also in like the first movie when the hobbits first meet him.
0: of the enemy would look fairer
2: feel fouler was foul enough kate winslet was offered the role of eowyn uma thurman and ethan Hawke were both set to play eowyn and eomir but had to drop out from scheduling conflicts I that would have been weird uma with... thurman would have been good
1: yeah but they were like dating at the time right or married oh, no I... I don't know if they ever got married oh yeah
2: because Maya Hawk.
1: Maya Hawk is their daughter. I don't know,
2: actually. I do kind of feel like Eomer kind of gets short shrift a little bit. He's, yeah. he's kind of a non-character. He's more of a character in the books. He's yeah. just sort of around.
1: He looks like a Lawrence brother. <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, yeah. That's Carl Urban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I can see that. Ethan Hawke is a different movie. Yeah, yeah, that would have been very... Well, totally. Because the other thing, too, is like, it's not like they had like a strictly English cast for this mm-hmm. movie, but like... Uma Thurman, especially Ethan Hawke, just are American. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan Hawke would have just kind of been like, it's Ethan Hawke. Been Hawk. a cowboy. I was actually talking <laughs> yes, to totally. our good friend Elliot Morris, who hosts uh, Cage Week every January, which is fantastic. Shout out to Elliot and all the efforts he does for Cage Week. <laughs> and I was texting him about just thinking about Helm's Deep with Nicolas Cage's Aragorn. It is a, its all different. Whoa. Arguably all wrong. Maybe he would have played it straight. But like, first off, I think Vigo Mortensen has a great yell. The There's shot something... of him like holding the sword and like having all the elves behind him. And he's like, ah! And like they all shoot the arrows. Just imagine Nicolas Cage like,
1: ah! Oh!
2: It's just all, it's, I don't know. There's it would be weird. There's
1: way more rugged about Vigo Mortensen. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I'm like,
1: what is it? Use his whole being.
2: But like... Nicolas Cage also feels very American, and listening to him do—I've heard his accents. You know, <laughs> if anyone's seen *Con Air*, I said, "Put the bunny back in the box." But like, <laughs> I don't—it just would have—it would have been—it would have really taken me out of the movie. Yeah. Nicholas Cage, what are you doing here? Yeah. The armor and weapons of Rohan was based on Anglo-Saxon and Swedish warriors.
1: Oh, that's cool. So they
2: swapped out, like, the dragons and ravens for horses. Mm -hmm. And then the elfish armor emphasized fall colors due to the theme of elves leaving. What did you think about, like, the little continuation of the story of, like, Aragorn and Arwen's
1: Uh, love.
2: Will they, won't they?
1: There was a part I teared up at when she...
2: This is also a part that gets me. Yeah. I know what you're saying.
1: He just is like, he's gonna die. He's gonna die. That's what he's like saying the whole time. The music
2: is gorgeous. Yeah,
1: he's just like really laying it on her and it's very like sad and intense and she's kind of like i don't know he's kind of facing she's kind of facing that all at once the reality he's he's kind of her mirror (laughs) yeah of like being like you haven't thought
3: this here's the truth And and it's it's not from a mean place it's i'm your dad and i care about you don't you care about me like
2: when we talked last week of like we were debating like does she will she die if she stays with him like what will happen that's not that's not a curse but like a curse is to watch him age and die and you just be left wandering alone If Sauron is defeated and Aragorn made king and all that you hope for
0: comes true, you will still have to taste the bitterness of mortality. Whether by the sword or the slow decay of time, Aragorn will die. And there will be no comfort for you, no comfort to ease the pain of his passing. He will come to death, an image of the splendor of the kings of men in glory, undimmed before the breaking of the world. But you, my daughter, you will linger on in darkness and in doubt.
1: Elves are immortal. Yes. What's the age difference between the dad and the daughter?
2: I don't know. I'm sure there is a definitive answer like yeah, a, I people know. know their ages and like what the age difference is okay if you know I, the I answer know. holler at us yeah yell at us because
1: i was wondering that
2: probably comparable to
1: well i just mean they look very similar in age
2: well it's because they they don't are immortal. They don't age yeah that's
1: what i mean so is there like does she grow at like how does are when there baby do, elves yeah do, you there are see, yeah like, they don't baby elves. yeah
2: i, I imagine they age. they mature to x age adulthood Physically, and then stay that way.
1: Okay,
2: interesting. So obviously they filmed in New Zealand. (laughs) Right? You're kidding. The location of of Edoras, which is what was like the Golden Hall. That's where like the Rohan people were, and then they left Edoras to go. They were like on that big hill, right? Mm -hmm. That was a set that took them like six months to build on this hill. Um, The location of that was in a national park. And the Conservation Society of New Zealand gave permission to film on condition that it was left exactly as they found it. So this meant they had to lift up most of the natural vegetation and grass and store them in a nursery for like <gasps> 18 months Whoa. Oh and then gosh. replace them when they were done.
1: That is an incredible amount of work. <laughs> is that crazy? And that Peter Jackson was just like, whatever uh, it takes. He's got to do <laughs> yep. it. That's,
2: that's the location. So much of these movies are just like marveling at that these places exist in real oh, life. Oh yeah, totally. Viggo Mortensen broke two of his toes kicking that orc helmet. So when they find all the bodies and they think the hobbits are dead, he kicks a helmet and yells. Ah! He broke his toes and he is yelling in pain and just like stayed in character. Oh my gosh. That's kind of like a most, like a pretty well-known one. But I thought this was interesting that he has talked since about how the only reason that it's widely known is because he's an actor. And he was like, you know, the stunt crew, you know, they got injured far worse and had to work through all of it. But no one really like gives them credit.
3: He's, oh.
2: he's he's a good guy. He's he's the salt of the earth. He even after these movies was like, I'm just going to do indie movies. Like, I don't want to, like, I care about, like, character. He's, he didn't go on to be, like, an action star. Oh. He was like, I'm going back to, like, Char- indies yeah, and, okay. like, character-driven stuff.
3: Well, don't forget about Hidalgo.
2: That's what he did. <laughs> That's <is> his follow-up. <laughs> when he shows up to Helm's Deep and Legolas is like, you're late. He's like, you look terrible. I thought about him being like,
3: why oh, are you pushing my balls? <laughs> <laughs> also, I just love that most of Legolas's
2: lines are just like a diss. Or just, <laughs> like being, a playful, or like... just being like, we're all going to die. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you guys think Legolas fears death?
2: I would almost fear death more if I was immortal. Because if you die, it feels even stupider. Because you're not... You, you, <laughs> can, you, live. you, just you can live. You can live forever, he... but if you like are killed on accident, you're like, wow, I really... <laughs> yeah. I messed up. Yeah. Just every time <laughs> he gets
1: up, he just—I don't think he fears anything.
2: Probably, well, and you're also like—I'm sure he's very. I think he's very old. You know what I mean? You're just kind of mechanical at that point. You're very confident in your abilities. Yeah. So this movie was released December 18, 2002. It made 951 million dollars, so a little bit more than the first one. Phenomenal success. 95% Rotten Tomatoes. It was nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It won two: Visual Effects and Sound Editing. And it's good. I loved it. I agree. I couldn't believe how pumped I was for the last one, and sad because leading up to the second one, you're like, well, you know, we still got It's, a been, lot. it's not done yet. Yeah. But yeah, you're like, oh, one more, and it's it's done. I have to say goodbye to these characters in this this part of my life, this oh. like, journey I've been on. So much has to happen still, though. That's true. Favorite character.
1: I'm a Gimli girl today. <laughs> oh my god. And gosh. I would also say, I would also say, um, the king. What's his name? Théoden? Théoden. I really liked him.
3: Okay, that's good. I do like the king. I think I gotta stick with. Uh with aragorn i love his he's growing in this movie Mm -hmm. um he's you know he's kind of this loner this outcast but he's starting to step into who he's gonna become
2: i gotta say that too and it's his movie and i feel like some people who have beef with the adaptations in general are like you focus so much on like the action elements which is like aragorn's storyline instead of like the ring stuff yeah i love watching him grow and like really be like i have to proactively take over this role of like, I'm the reluctant hero, which is the best hero, right? Yeah. I will step up because there's like a, a void of leadership and I have to be this person. All right, least favorite character besides Treebeard.
1: I wasn't going to say Treebeard's Treebeard. Treebeard's not my least favorite. Oh, okay. I'm like, Treebeard was my Treebeard's most fine. favorite. Oh, well, okay. I, I, I
2: thought if I was reading the room right, I just felt that we all were going to be like, I mean, he's fine. This is rough.
1: I didn't think they were too rough. They were a little slow. Okay. But I was okay.
2: No kidding. Because I feel like universally that is where people are like, Lord of the Rings is great. Those end scenes, though. Don't you feel like that's like the yeah, biggest? Yeah, they,
3: they stretch. During the movie, is always my least favorite. Wormtongue. But watching it this time, I didn't empathize with him. But that moment when he sees the army, and you, we talked about this, you see kind of that that recognition on his face of, yeah. what did I do? So I don't know, maybe he's not all bad. I guess he's still my least favorite. Yeah.
1: My least favorite is uh, Eowyn. <laughs> Get out of here.
2: You know, I had was debating between Gollum and Gimli because they both kind of bugged me. Mm. Where I was like, Gimli, enough with the jokes. I know that's I why just, you loved it. No,
1: that's not why I loved it. I loved it because he like really, he just, he brought the heart and I didn't mm. give him, him enough credit last time.
2: But now that you kind of mention it, Ian was really, <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't pick up on it. When I, when I was watching these right. all the other times where yeah. I was like, man, what a like calm down
1: she's a ninth grader trying to date a senior and like has saying? gotten really
2: into like poetry yes uh, she's got an energy that i could i could do without yeah
3: i right. love when uh the high pony rohan's when he calls the horses by name he's not calling people <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 that. yeah also and
3: at first you think oh it's two other guys no it's the horses
2: <laughs> <laughs> also if you were like the trio chasing after the hobbits wouldn't you be like You don't have three? Because like Gimli and Legolas have to double up. And no, okay, yeah, you just, you get that one. These are clearly made by people who have an affection for horses. Yeah. Because there's also just like a whole little moment given to Gandalf introducing his horse, Shadowfax. He goes (laughs) out there and he like does like the whistle. Do you remember yeah. like, the horse, oh, like, slow-mo? It's like he's horse He's the porn. king of the horses. Yeah, and he's like, this is Shadowfax. He's like, and we have shared many journeys together. The score is, like, booming, like, ta-da-da.
1: You kind of wonder where it's leading so You're a like, Ooh,
2: Shadowfax? Okay. <laughs> Shadowfax is an all-star.
1: Shadowfax can get it.
2: One of the most relatable lines in the movie for me on this rewatch, when Gandalf's like, okay, hey, I'm going to go find Eomer and the Rohirrim and, like, bring him back. And he's going to get on the horse, and he just looks at the horse, and he's like, 300 lives of men. This is I have no time. That is me. On a day when I have like five hours to myself and I have to be somewhere like at five, I will find myself at 4.30 being like, shit. Like I had all day to get ready. I had like had all day. I'm like now I'm like scrambling. The more time I have to prepare it, the less time I will end up with where I'm just like, oh no, well, it's already four? I feel that. I feel that right there.
1: I can testify. That is something that we struggle with in this household. I would even say particularly you.
2: Just putzing around. Yeah,
3: that's how I felt. Um, Do you remember, though, like, in college, if you'd have a class at, like, 2? That was just the start of your day. Like, there was no morning that day. It was just like, oh, I guess I (laughs) I wake up and then... I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. I have class at 2. like, what could could I
2: possibly get done in that time? Or
1: I would. I like to wake up early and feel like I have the entire day. But, like, in college, I had a class at, like, 7.30 or 8. It was so early. And then I didn't have another class till 2. So I would come home and just be like, like, oh, my day is so long. I had so much time. I wish I could go back and just tell myself, you hold on to these cherished
2: (laughs) days. Courtney, listen. (laughs) You never can really, like, really cherish moments. Right. But I actually, in college, I still feel like I had as, as well as I could have, like, an idea of, like, certain parts of my life are peaking right now. And, like, I will never have it as good as this.
1: Oh, man. I never. And I was just, like, like kind that.
2: of aware of, like, this is pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. I, I certainly was like, oh, this is what adulthood's like. I'm an
2: yeah, adult. Here we go. I'm going to write, write <laughs> out this lifestyle till the end. Yeah. <laughs> A most engaging element of the movie.
1: Helms Deep.
2: Yeah, from the moment they start, the staffs just boom, oh, man, boom, boom. Yeah, boom. I would even go further back and like the whole build up to it. You could, yeah, where you're just like, man, what a ragtag army. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, you really feel it.
1: Is that your favorite too? It's, are you most engaging?
2: It's gotta be right. Like that's like that's the like the, the beginning's climax. fine. That's the, the jewel of good. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that part. I mean, there are moment there are like moments spread out. Honest, obviously, that I think are great, but that's the one where I'm like, I'm locked in. Mm-hmm. That's what I came to watch, basically. Uh least engaging element.
1: I'm trying to figure that out. Yours probably is the ends.
2: You know, I don't know.
1: The ent parts were not very long, so I think that's why they didn't like get to individually.
2: Me. They were chopped they were, up pretty Yeah, neatly. they were there
1: were a lot of them, but they were chopped up into like bite-sized pieces. I would maybe say Oh, come back to me.
2: Definitely the end stuff. Also, really the the warg attack. Aragorn falling. Yeah, it that's. It, I was thinking It feels about meandering that. because I know he's fine and I'm just like, and there's no actual consequence to the warg attack ultimately. Like nothing actually happens because just, of it.
3: where's everybody?
2: You're just having an action scene for sake of action. I'm like, just, I would have cut that and had them have the conversation walking and then mm-hmm. be there. Yeah. So when that's happening, I'm kind of like, like if I was by myself and like had complete control of the remote watching it, I would skip right past that stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Like I know it needs to happen, but as soon as, if Frodo and Sam get captured by Faramir. I'm like, I know
2: they're going to get away. <laughs> well, I
1: was just thinking I that. feel the
2: same about that for the same reason where it's like, I know this was just added to add conflict. Like when they get to Gondor and there's like a battle happening,
3: like you don't even know, like you know there's orcs, but like who are these people?
1: Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking about. Great. Yeah, I'll go with that. And the warg scene. Yeah, warg.
2: Send out your warg riders. Uh, crying moments. Was there any that we, that we missed? I don't think so. I guess I did, I teared up when like the kids were being pulled into war and the old men where it's just like, that is so sad. And just like the shot of the little boy putting like the helmet on him. Well, and I remember watching that as a 13 year
3: old thinking, what would would I I do? do? I would die. You know, a sense of community is always going to hit me hard. (laughs) Ryan loves a sense of community. I love a sense of community. (laughs) And I'd kind of low key forgotten that the elves showed up at first. So when the elves showed up, I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) They're here to help. And then Sam's Speech. I, I
2: really like Sam's Speech. It's a good one. Yeah. I also wanted just to like throw this in at the end. I forgot to do this for Fellowship of the Ring. Something I like to call Meme Watch because there are many Lord of the Rings memes that have since become very popular oh, ever yes. since. I want to just point out a few that I noticed. From Fellowship, obviously, Boromir's... One does not simply walk into Mordor. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. yeah. This one is like a more recent one, but so funny. But Frodo being like, All right, then keep your secrets. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then from Two Towers, I thought of Legolas being like, Not taking the hobbits to taking the hobbits and God. Uh, That's like an older one. And then uh, Sam, Potatoes. Boil'em, mash'em, stick'em in a stew Boil'em, mash'em, stick'em in a stew boil mash'em, boil mash boil'em, 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 mash'em This is like a recent one, but it's like on Twitter where it's like me, 7th grade, coming up with a comeback much later and it's Saruman going Gandalf the white Gandalf the fool <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Ryan, obviously, thank you for joining us for yes. this, this watchathon. a um, Courtney, if people want to reach the podcast where can they reach the podcast
1: you can reach us at on instagram at wife watches you can reach us on twitter at wife underscore watches you can send us an email my wife watches movies at gmail.com we haven't done that one in a while yeah or you can call us if you have our numbers
2: <laughs> leave a message leave i a probably te- won't answer <laughs> send a text That's leave safer. us a message yeah that'd be fun
1: Send a text.
2: all right see you guys later see ya bye
3: and remember it's only a passing thing this shadow Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they were holding on to something, that there's some good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. Sorry, you're gonna have to tighten the shit out of that.